Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Today, I want to talk about God and ice cream. Yes, you've heard me correctly. God and ice cream. You see, it's May, and every May I'm used to leading pilgrims to the beautiful city of Rome. And I miss taking people to see the Pope, to see so many saints, dozens and dozens of wonderful saints and church fathers, and walking in the footsteps of the apostles and the martyrs. But if I have to be honest with you, I also really miss gelato. Have you ever had real Italian gelato, not here in the United States. I mean, in Italy, it is a heavenly experience. It's incredible. If you walk into one of these gelateria shops, you can find some of these big ones that have 40, 50, 60 different flavors of gelato. It's incredible. They got everything. Blueberry, raspberry, kiwi, mango, cappuccino, zucchini. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I literally, I I remember seeing zucchini flavored ice cream once. It's incredible. There's so many different flavors. And It's kind of like out in the world today, there's just so many different religions. You know, when you go into a gelateria shop, you can choose, you know, what do you prefer? You prefer kiwi? Do you prefer strawberry? Do you prefer zucchini? (laughs) It's all just based on your personal taste. And when it comes to the many, many different religions in the world, whether you want to be Christian or Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim, New Age, you know, it's just based on personal taste, isn't it? Like, what, what do you prefer? It's, it's pretty fashionable to think that way today about the many different religions in the world. Maybe you have some friends of different religions. Maybe you've just met people in our secular age to say, oh, kind of all religions are just the same. You know, one religion is as good as another. There, you know, one, one religion is just the same as another. No one religion has more truth than another one. No one religion has a more secure way to God than another. You know, religious beliefs aren't right or wrong. It's just personal opinion. It's just based on, you know, your upbringing, your preferences, your personal taste. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? You know, do you like chocolate? Do you like vanilla? Is there one that's really better than another? You know, St. John Paul II, Pope Benedict, Pope Francis have all pointed out that one of the biggest challenges to faith today, to to sharing our faith, to passing on our faith, is the culture of religious relativism, religious relativism, the idea that all religions are just based on individual preference. It's, It's relative. Each person could decide for themselves what is religious truth. They can decide for themselves what they want to believe about God, what they want to believe about how we are supposed to worship God, uh, what we want to believe about morality, how we are to live, what makes us really happy. But is that true? Is God really like ice cream, where it's just all based on my own personal taste? I mean, think about this. Does, Does who God is really depend on my own little private opinion, <laughs> my own personal preference? Does, does God conform to my ideas about him. So if I have a little idea in my head, does, does God all of a sudden go along with what Edward Sree happens to think today? <laughs> you know, do I make God really? I mean, if I just sit here and I go, oh, you know, for me, God is an old man with a white beard in the clouds. <laughs> does God all of a sudden become that ding? He's going to conform to what Edward Sree thinks today. <laughs> or if I say, oh, God is in the wind. And all of a sudden that makes you know, that makes God become the wind. I, like I get to decide who God is. The God of the universe conforms to my personal 
preference, my little tiny opinions. You know, if I go make a little statue, you know, and I make a little idol and I say, this is God, does all of a sudden that make it God? Really? <laughs> you know, let's think about this. I mean, think about the moral issues. You know, a lot of people, I, I meet Christians that talk this way. They don't think about morality in terms of what the Bible says or what the Catholic Church teaches. They just kind of say things like, well, I don't think God minds. Oh, I don't think God would be upset with, or I think God wants do you ever hear Christians talk that way? They just kind of just randomly make an opinion. It's not necessarily very formed in what God has revealed through scripture and through his church. But they'll say things like that. Oh, God doesn't mind if I sleep with my girlfriend. We love each other. God doesn't mind. And when I hear something like that, I'm wondering, how do you know God doesn't mind? <laughs> Did you just like have a beer and decide that and, and that makes it so? <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, God doesn't mind if I cheat on my taxes or cheat on my wife. God doesn't mind if I neglect the poor, God doesn't mind if I say cruel things to someone and, and lose my temper. Do I get to decide what God minds and what he doesn't mind? I mean, really, this is a, a view of man-made religion where, where man just makes up his own idea and then God has to conform to it. Do I really make God? Does God conform to my ideas about him? No. No, I want you. I want you to really be confident in the truth we don't make up God. No, God exists from all eternity. God is ultimate reality. Uh, my opinions conform to him. That's what should be going on here. God doesn't conform to my little tiny ideas and preferences about him. No, no. My ideas should conform to him. He is ultimate reality. We want to know God as he really is, as he revealed himself to us. And I want to talk in this week's episode about this challenge of religious relativism. I want us to see that all religions are not the same. There are crucial, crucial differences between the various religions of the world. And I want us to see how Jesus, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and how we can know this with great confidence in our, our minds, and we, we can experience profoundly this truth in our hearts and share this with other people and pass this on. So welcome to the All Things Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Edward Sri. So good to be with you all. I, I want to encourage you all, if you have not signed up for my show notes, I know many of you have, but I know there are many of you that subscribe to the podcast, but maybe you haven't gotten the show notes, and I haven't announced this in a while, so I want to make sure you know about this. I, I often get listeners that'll Here's something from the show, and then they'll follow up with an email to me. They'll say, Dr. Shreya, uh, you, you quoted that, that one thing from John Paul II. You quoted from this saint. Who was that saint? And, and, uh, or they'll say, Dr. Shreya, you mentioned this book, or you mentioned this resource, or you mentioned this article or this video. And, and I'm always happy to follow up with emails. I love it when you, you contact me on my website or when you reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But I often put these things in the show notes, and so you can get the background information. It's right there, comes into your inbox each week, and you know about the show. So it's an easy thing you can do, and it's all for free. Just text uh, one word, text all things Catholic. So one word, all things Catholic. Text that to 33777, and you can get the information on getting those show notes right in your inbox each week. So again, you can just pull out your phone and text all things Catholic, just one word, all things Catholic, to 33777 and you can get those free show notes. 
Now, I, before we, we jump back into our main topic, I want to give a shout out to a few groups I was with uh, over the last week to St. Philip the Apostle Parish in Tennessee, Our Lady Queen of Peace Parish in Madison, Wisconsin. Thanks for having me. We did a virtual event for your parish this last week. It's been so fun getting to meet people in different parishes all around the country. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to the thousands of people participating in the Great Theology of the Body Conference this last weekend. That was such an honor to participate in that. My prayers for you, that the wisdom of St. John Paul II on love, on relationships, on marriage, that, that beautiful wisdom may be sown deep in your heart and bear much fruit in your lives. But let's turn back to this topic uh, about the different religions of the world. You know, one thing I think, if, if you actually just take time to study the different religions of the world, while you may find different common points between different religions, one thing that's just glaringly obvious is that the religions are very, very different. Uh, and, and that's not just the religions today. You think of religions from a long time ago. And I want to just break this down. Uh, and I want to get really complex and really detailed. But I want to show that, you know, among the different people that believe in God, they believe in some kind of deity, some kind of supernatural power, there's two questions you have to ask. And then when you ask those two questions, then you can break it down into two other questions, and you can break it down again with two other questions. So I'm going to just kind of raise the simple question. So if you believe in some kind of higher power, do you believe in just one God, or do you believe in many gods? <laughs> do you believe in one God, monotheism, or do you believe in many deities, polytheism? And most people today don't really believe in polytheism as much. There were pagan cultures that did you know, a long time ago. Uh, but think about polytheism. It doesn't really make that much sense that there's multiple deities, then there has to be a difference between those deities. You know, if you've got God A and God B, well, there must be something in God A that's not in God B that makes God A different, and there must be something about God B that God A doesn't have, you know, so there's some kind of difference. Uh, there's something in one that's not in the other, but that implies a certain kind of lack, a certain limitation, a certain imperfection in each of the beings. And so neither uh, God A nor God B, or if you had God C, D, or N, could really be deities at all. I mean, in the true sense of a God that knows all, that is all powerful, that is all good, that is all holy, you, know, you, you wouldn't really, there'd be something lacking in them. So polytheism doesn't really make that much sense. And I don't think many people follow uh, that, that today. Most people today are in the monotheistic world. That's where probably most of your friends and family would be. They, they probably believe in some kind of higher power. They believe in one God. But here there's two different branches of monotheism. And this is crucial you get this. Now, this is we're going to start getting into a lot of religions that you are familiar with today. Let, let's talk about these, these the two different branches of monotheism. So on one hand, you have pantheistic religions. These are religions like uh, Hinduism has a number of branches of Hinduism have a pantheistic, um, you know, pantheism at its heart. Uh, and some Buddhist traditions would as well. What, what does pantheism believe? Pantheism believes that kind of like God's in everything. You know, all reality flows from the one divine reality. You know, uh, everything's the God, the divine reality permeates everything. Uh, so this God is beyond any kind of good or evil. God's in everything. God's in the the mountains. He's in the stars. He's in my breath. He's in the the lint in my pocket. He's in the worm on the ground. He's in my good deeds. He's in my bad deeds. God's just kind of in everything. Whereas the, the other kind of monotheism, 
that's non-pantheistic, we can call it transcendent monotheism. So there's pantheistic monotheism, and then there's transcendent monotheism. Trans, and again, I want to get really technical here with you, but just uh, transcendent monotheism is the religion we would be more familiar with. It believes that there is a God, and this God created the universe. He created it out of nothing. He created the whole cosmos, and he created you and me out of nothing. And God is distinct from his creation. He can be close to his creation. He may be present to it. He might be involved. He may even enter it. He may send prophets. He may give the law. Uh, he can hear our prayers. He is inter- interacts. Uh, but, the, but the idea is that, that God is distinct from this creation. And he, he could be close to it, but, but he's, he's distinct from his creation. And so when things go wrong in this world, so the transcendent monotheistic religions believe that, yes, God created the universe. It was good. Uh, he's distinct from his creation, but when things go wrong in this universe, when there's sin, when there's evil, when there's suffering, it's because we did something wrong. <laughs> we sinned. We, we, we acted contrary to God's plan. Whereas in the pantheistic religions, it, it's really kind of like God is indifferent. You can't really have ethics in the pantheistic religions. You know, uh, I, I'm going to read to you from C.S. Lewis. Uh, some things, but but let me point out uh, some of the pantheistic religions believe in the in the idea of karma. You know, the idea that you know maybe you know you you'll get what you sow in in the next life. You know, and and you you just keep getting chances to do do overs. But that that's actually no no no. You you have one life, <laughs> and the idea of oh, I just randomly I can get to do do overs and. You know, if you see someone suffering today in some of the the pantheistic religions, you see someone poor. This is a true story. There were missionaries that that I know of who went to India and they were taking care of these poor people that were very sick and suffering. And there was somebody from this culture, from a, a more pantheistic background, that that came up to these Christian missionaries and said, "Why are you taking care of these people?" It says, oh, because they're suffering and they're helping. Well, don't you realize, I mean, they're just, the reason they're suffering is because of what they did in their past life. And so they're just working out all of their, you know, all of their stuff. (laughs) Uh, And so you're making it harder for them. If they don't suffer enough right now, you know, then they're going to, you know, they're going to have to go suffer more in another life. You know, let's just let them suffer now. You know, that, that's a, that's a strange way of looking at the world. It's, it's common, common out there. That's not Christianity. That's not a transcendent monotheistic view. No, we're, we're called to love people and help them, you know, but, but some forms of pantheism give us an excuse to neglect those that are suffering around us. We just chalk it up to, well, they just must be paying, you know, paying the price for what they did in a previous life. But let me turn to C.S. Lewis on another point here. Lewis says, pantheists believe usually believe that God animates the universe as you animate your body. The universe is almost God. So that if it did not exist, he would not exist either. And anything you find in the universe is a part of God. The Christian idea, however, is quite different. Christians think God invented and made the universe like a man making a picture. A painter is not a picture, and he does not die if the picture is destroyed. You might say he's put a lot of himself into it, but you only mean that all its beauty and an interest has come out of his head. His skill is not in the picture in the same way that it's in his head or in his hands. I expect you to see how this difference between pantheists and Christians hangs together with one another. 
If you do not take the distinction between good and bad very seriously, then it's easy to say that anything you find in this world is a part of God. That's the pantheistic view. They don't have to take, we don't have to take good and bad very seriously. So anything you find in this world is a part of God. But of course, if you think some things in this world are really bad and you think God is really good, then you can't talk like that. You must believe, this is the Christian view, you must believe that God is separate from the world and that some things we see in it are contrary to his will. Yeah, when we see, you know, airplanes hijacked and flown into buildings like on 9-11, we can look at that and go, that's evil. Pantheus has a hard time saying that. Uh, when we look at you know, something like disease and cancer, that kind of suffering, we look at the slums and neglect of the poor. We, we could, as Christians, we could say, well, that's, you know, that happens because of sinfulness, human beings that did not act according to God's plan. But the pantheist would say something like, well, if you could only see it from the divine point of view, you would realize that that is God also. <laughs> the Christian replies, don't talk such nonsense. <laughs> I love that. So this is, this is so great from Lewis. Again, I'm going to put this in the show notes here, uh, this wonderful quote. From, I'm quoting from his wonderful book, Mere Christianity, by the way. Every, I think every, every Christian today in, in our secular world needs to read Mere Christianity. If you want to think clearly, if you want to be able to, to think clearly about the problems in our world, go back to some basic texts like this. Wonderful text, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. He says, Christianity thinks God made the world. That space, time, heat, cold, and all the colors and tastes and all the animals and vegetables are things that God made up out of his head as a man makes up a story. But it also thinks that a great many things have gone wrong with the world that God made and that God insists and insists very loudly on putting them right again. So I hope you're getting a sense here. Big differences between pantheistic monotheism and transcendent monotheism. Transcendent monotheism is God created the world but he's distinct from his creation. Pantheistic monotheism, you know, God and all creation is, you know, all creation is a part of him. So you end up with really no ethics. You know, God, God is, everything's beyond good and evil because God's in everything. Uh, Whereas Christianity says, no, there's things that have gone wrong in this world. So if you're suffering, my friends, if you experience pain, if you feel hurt, that's not like just, oh, it's just a part of the divine reality. No, no. It's because something went wrong. If you experience suffering in your life, it's either because maybe you did not live according to God's plan uh, and you brought suffering upon yourself or someone else is not living according to God's plan and he's treating you unjustly, he's treating, acting against your dignity, he's hurting you, or, or maybe we're experiencing other kinds of suffering like disease or there's, there's car accidents, there's death. That came because of sin. We used our free will to bring sin into this world, and that brought suffering into this world. The world originally was ordered with great harmony, and we were united together and united with God, and we were made to live with immortality. But because we sinned, we brought suffering into this world. It's not just random chance or not just, well, it's all part of the divine reality. No, no, no. There's something that went wrong, and God wants to fix it. He wants to bring justice. He wants to set things right. He wants to heal you. He wants you to be set right. He wants this world to be set right. Now, last, last, last big difference here I want to take a look at. Well, actually, two, two final differences. So when you get under the transcendent monotheistic world, really briefly here, there's two things. You can either believe that there's a God that reveals himself to us, 
that's what the religion of Christianity believes, and the Jews believe this, and and the Muslims believe this as well. That that this God has revealed. He's spoken through his prophets. He's spoken through his word, through his scriptures. But there's some forms of transcendent monotheists out there that there are people that believe that there is a God. He created the universe, and he's a good God, and doesn't want us to suffer. But he's just kind of not involved in our lives. This this is known as deism. It's the idea that you know there is a one God, monotheism. Uh, but but this God, you know, is like the clockmaker God. You know, he wind, makes a clock and winds it all up and he sits back and watches us, watches it tick. He's not involved in this world. He does not hear our prayers. He does not help us. He doesn't come to our assistance. He doesn't guide our lives. He doesn't have a plan for our lives. He certainly doesn't inspire the sacred scriptures or reveal himself to us through prophets or through the church. He's just not involved He's just like the spectator God up in the stands watching us on the playing field of this world. He's the Bette Midler God watching us from a distance. If you remember that song from the 90s, God is watching us from a distance. God is watching us. That's the deistic understanding of God. That's not a Christian view. No, no, no. And that's not even the Jewish view or the Muslim view. We believe in revealed transcendent monotheism. (laughs) We believe in one God. We believe God's distinct. And we believe he reveals himself to us, that he loves us and he has a plan for us. He wants to be near to us. He wants to seek us out. He, he, He gives us his law. He shows us his way. So we really believe that the God is not just indifferent and just up there in the clouds. No, we believe God is love. And this God who is love reveals himself to us. At least that's the way a Christian would articulate this. But finally, Christianity is very different from not just Hinduism and Buddhism and deism. It's also different from Judaism and Islam in that, and this is the most important point I hope you take away, is that we believe Jesus is God. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a teacher. He's not just a messenger from God. He is God himself. God became man. The God who is love loves us so much. He sought us out to become actually one of us and to die for us and to offer his life for us and to fill us with his very life, to transform us with his life. It's amazing. So I want you to see that this central belief of Christianity so makes Christianity just so radically different than any other religion in the world. We don't believe that, that Jesus is just a great teacher, you know, teaching us things about God. He's not just teaching us truth, religious truth. He's not just showing us a way to live life. He's not just offering a life. No, no. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is God himself who became one of us. And he's so different from Confucius, from Buddhist, you know, Zen masters throughout the ages. (laughs) He's so different from from Muhammad. He's so different from Moses and, and the prophets that came before him because he's God himself. God took on human flesh in Jesus. Do you really believe that? Because if you do, you'll surrender everything. That's the practical point here. If we're really Christians, we really are Christians and we don't believe God is ice cream, then we want to give Jesus everything, everything. You know, when we go to the God is like ice cream, you know, I get to just choose and it's my personal preference, then I'm not really following Jesus as a Christian disciple. Jesus is inviting us to be the Lord over our entire lives. That's who he is. He's the Lord of the universe. And the Lord of the universe wants to be the Lord over my heart. 
He must be Lord over your heart. Will you let him be the Lord of your very life? Will you surrender everything to him? Because either Jesus is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And he longs to be the Lord over your life. So if you really want to be a Christian, a true follower of Jesus, be careful. Don't ever fall into the idea that God is like ice cream. That don't ever say things like, oh, well, I don't think God minds if, for me, God is okay if I do this. Don't ever fall into that kind of religious relativism. God is not like ice cream. He is ultimate reality. And he's standing before you. He's standing before you, inviting you to follow him, to be the Lord over everything. What's, what's keeping you? What, what are you holding back? Whatever that is, surrender it to him. It's a way to put your faith into action as a Christian disciple. Thanks for listening. If you want those show notes, text All Things Catholic to 33777. Pull out your phone and text All Things Catholic, just one word, All Things Catholic to 33777. I'll have that C.S. Lewis quote in there and a lot of other notes on today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Pray for me. I'll be praying for you. God bless.